0: Welcome to that Greaves and Rooney Sports Podcast. I'm Dan Greaves. I'm Martin Rooney. And today we are going to be chatting via... Well, actually, we did this one apart, didn't we?
1: We did this separately. It was a lonely experience. I know. Um, Basically, we couldn't align our diaries and uh, we needed to get some pods done. So I recorded it separately. Dan's done his separately. Uh, We've covered the same stuff. And hopefully by the power of the I super intelligent producer that we have on
0: that greaves the Rooney sports podcast. Mark, Mark Shardlow, Shardlow. can s- meld it together and it will sound great. It will sound like we are together chatting our usual stuff and hopefully <laughs> you find it insightful and maybe a little bit entertaining. Well, hopefully massively entertaining. But yeah. Hopefully um, there's
1: something in there. And if uh, I probably waffled a bit,
0: so don't, fine. don't lose track. Yeah. Um, so we really hope you enjoy the pod and, um, let us know what you think. Rooney now kicks away. Commonwealth champion for Discus Dan. Rooney gets the goal! Medal at the last four Paralympic games. Martin
1: Rooney ran a great race in lane one. Great character. Well done, Dan Greaves.
0: So then, mate, how's your training going?
1: How's training going? Training for me right now is going very well. I'm very happy with where I'm at. My body is just about coping with the amount of training we're doing. I'm training with Nick Dakin's group uh, as I've said before and I've got some whippersnappers to chase which is which is uh, necessary for an old boy like me keeps me they keep me my toes um, Alex Nibbs, uh Seamus Derbyshire the are two young lads who um, got some talent I think they're both medalled at junior level and stuff so hopefully they can start making the transition into seniors soon and um, I suppose my role within that group is to try and guide them along when I first joined Nick's group back in 2005 there was a guy called Camille Thompson who was a Jamaican four-hurdler I think he um, ran like 48 over the hurdles and he um, he definitely took me under his wing and guided me the right way <laughs> I remember I think in my first maybe second week or whatever he <laughs> he took me aside and said how many times you wank a day <laughs> And I was like, whoa, 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 I don't know him, whatever. He said, when I was your age, I used to be hitting the other side of the room (laughs) three times a day. I was like, you disgusting human. But uh, he was a great guy. He took me under his wing. He taught me how to train properly. He taught me about uh, being sociable and not get sucked into the drinking cultures that are around uh, 18 to like 21, whatever age group you want to look at. And um, so that's kind of my role at the moment with these guys. They're a bit older than that. Um they've had a couple of years of Dakin's programme already, so they know the program and they know um how to look after themselves, but I'm just trying to take them to another level where they fill in a couple of gaps, be it uh how they warm up and I'm trying to um with without like being the old man just saying do this, do that, just trying to help them out a little bit. So definitely working on my abs by uh getting them to do ab circuits at the end of the circuit uh, at the end of the sessions and yeah they seem to be doing well like um myself and nibs had a big session on tuesday and we hit times in that <laughs> session that i don't th- well i don't think either of us would have done on our own um and i don't think he's ever got close to those times at this time of year before so things are going right. <whistles> Arr- who's that in the background <laughs> is that alice or dog just so you know that's loki <whistles> um uh, i'm here at uh coach Rob Miller's house recording his podcast and his dog is a beautiful boy anyway but yeah things are good um and uh hopefully Dan's training's going as well if not better
0: so yeah training's been going uh actually really well for me um obviously my hip that we've been trying to get right has has been really successful um it's taken October to a bit of mid-December so about probably about 12 weeks really to to get the the hip stable and been working on my core my lower back stability lots of functional kind of almost a bit boring but and monotonous but quite very important um, minor muscle and um, working to try and to try and aid and fix um, everything that's going wrong with the hip so everything's really stable at the minute I'm really good at my core um, my lower back strength and my my ab strength has grown massively so yeah training's going well i'm back in the circle i'm just just doing drills currently um which is great to pull on the the dancing shoes again and get back in the circle and hopefully start picking up a disc soon because my strength level is in the gym and um, we're doing quite a lot of isolated legwork um all inflection so i'm just starting to do a little bit of extension stuff um and yeah like it's it's been a long process and i think it's been you know really hard obviously i had to pull out of world champs but we, we, we had a plan where i had to kind of stick to it and and you always have to as an athlete it's always hard because you want to be doing things much sooner than are prescribed and yeah it's just to try and focus on the long game and to make sure that i'm doing everything in my power to to come out the other side back to that 63 meter throw where i need to be um ahead of tokyo so everything's going well touch wood um I really hope that we can maybe convert all of the hard work we've been doing in the gym, and um, by picking up a disc, it'd be interesting to see a how far it goes, but b what it's like to throw again. Um, I'm sure it rip my fingers to shreds, which normally happens. Um, so I have to get the calluses back out and, and get the vinegar on them to make sure they can harden up and, and take the, the amount of throwing. Um, my fingers are softened up somewhat, but yeah, it's, I'm really happy. I'm in a good place. I mean, I, like I'm really really starting to turn a corner and and hopefully fingers crossed we'll be able to in a couple of months throw well and and then set ourselves up for a a start of competition in the end of april start of may so yeah really happy with how training's going
1: next thing um what's happening in the world of athletics we just had sports personality of the year it was up in scotland um I, i think dan got an invite i didn't get an invite um too much of a prick to be honest um, and uh, didn't obviously run well so didn't deserve the invite but Dan um, I think he had an invite but got ill so he couldn't go it was a a, a great night for athletics when you have two athletes nominated um, especially when they've cut down the numbers uh, Katrina Johnson Katarina Johnson Thompson and Dean Asher Smith uh, they uh, look great I don't know if that's something we should talk about but yeah, um, they had uh, their, their videos are brilliant, uh, they came across really well. And uh, credit to athletics, I suppose it was brilliant to have them there doing so well. And Dina making the top three, which was obviously very tough when you got two people from the same sport. People might only vote once and they have to choose between them. Whereas I think Ben Stokes was always going to win. I think Gary Neville or Gary Lineker announced that straight away, didn't he? So, uh, less than ideal. But I think they're a fair play to them. They did incredibly well and um, a credit to the sport. And John Blackie winning Coach of the Year award was a... Actually, I was really surprised. I, I assumed it was going to be cricket because they seem to be winning everything at the moment. And like uh, fair play to the guy. He's someone who's uh, He talk, obviously talked about being a volunteer coach. Uh, someone at Blackheath and Bromley. He coaches lots of athletes from... Uh, different backgrounds and different age ranges and stuff and it shows that if you get the right coach at the right time they can take you anywhere and he's obviously the right person for Dean Asher Smith and he's taken her to three world championship medals which is uh, an incredible achievement so congratulations to him and uh, congratulations to Ben Stokes, Lewis Hamilton
0: as you alluded to, yeah, sports personality. I was invited, but I got ill. So I mean, it's it's always awful having to turn down um, invites to such a prestigious event. Um, we've been to a few of them and been lucky enough to go to a few sports personalities. And every time you get the invite, it's really a special occasion because you just know the quality of athletes or the quality of celebrity superstars that are going to be there and to be invited alongside them it's you know it's a real prestigious event and um yeah it was it was it was was nice it was actually really nice that it was in somewhere um in aberdeen completely different to the usual it's been to leeds and birmingham and london and manchester and glasgow so it's really nice to it's kind of covering all the corners of great britain and and um people that could apply for tickets and get tickets to be in the audience get to go and see the show live I think I think that's really it's a really nice touch because it could inspire quite a lot of people to take up sport maintain sport or even try and progress Um, but as you alluded to it does when you go to the show um, it does feel rather um, elongated and quite yeah, quite marketable in the fact that there are behind the scenes at the after party and on the pre-party there are lots of sponsors lots of agents and, and lots of people who have obviously um plowed money into the event and obviously all their co-workers and everything and um i think like the last thing as a high profile athlete is you want to be hounded for pictures all the time and not really enjoy yourself where um in the past when it was just at bbc center there wasn't any kind of um people other than then sports stars that were in the room so as soon as the doors closed and the after party started they could just be as normal as they wanted to be where i think now looking at it there's a lot of athletes that maybe stand on ceremony leave early because they just don't want to be hounded or or have that kind of pressure put on them that they they can't relax um it's quite an interesting one. I mean, it's always a, an amazing event um, to attend, but it'd be quite interesting to see what other people think about it. Um, but yeah, overall, great show. You know, really hard to choose between Kat and Dina, um, both exceptional athletes, both world champions. Um, they both had a fantastic year. And yeah, it's it was a real tough one to call. I'm glad, obviously, one of them, uh, Dina, came third um but yeah it would have been really nice to see two of our guys up there but you know there's so many outstanding performances Um it was, it was super tough um to be even in the top three
1: uh, Lewis Hamilton's interview was so much better this year than it was in previous years did he, he called Stevenage the slums I keep talking like as if I'm talking to Dan right beside me but <laughs> he's not here <laughs> um but yeah he called Stevenage the slums once and it was a bit like well, that's a bit embarrassing. Seeing as you know, you've just stated the hometown you're from, it's not as if you're from uh, I don't know the Bronx or something like that. But uh, yeah, it was a fair play to them. Ben Stokes, cricket is a, obviously it's one of the biggest sports in the UK, and uh, they had a very good year. I'm not a cricket fan, so I don't. All I know is they won stuff. Um, Louis Hamilton's incredible role model and super vegan now, so he probably has superpowers. But um, he's obviously had another amazing year driving and then Dina yeah like i said an incredible year and that's that's your top three so that's brilliant i think um the only thing is the only uh, my my one problem with the spotty now is it's so corporate that it's not really that fun i know like Dan's talked about it before where he went to the old days where it was in the in the b b c studios and he just said it was just like a completely different atmosphere it was it was like the creme de la creme, you know, like to be invited into that room and you're sitting next to Tim Henman or you're sitting next to Nigel Mansell or whoever it was, you know, it was always like the top, top people and now it seems to be like there's a lot of sponsors walking around, like I think it's Heineken who are a sponsor and then there's obviously people who pay for the corporate tickets and whatever and they they get to come in and meet and surround with the athletes, so a lot of the top, top athletes don't hang about and it's, it's a shame really because you don't get to meet them. I went to Belfast a couple of years ago and it was really cool to be... 'Cause it was a a small a smaller event. Uh, with less people there. A lot of the a lot of the top people stayed, so a lot of the golfers stayed. A lot of like uh the rug Danny Carter. Dan Carter stayed. He was meant to fly back, but um the chairman of his French rugby club just said, Here's the private jet, get back as soon as you can, but don't worry about staying late. So, um yeah, it was really, really that was a good experience and uh Kind of, I'd I'd hope the BBC kind of rein it in a bit, make it a bit of a smaller event again, because I feel like next year after an Olympic year there's going to be so many incredible athletes, deserving athletes, and that they should be the focus rather than trying to sell it out to as many corporate people as possible. But we'll see. It's the BBC, they got to make money.
0: Yeah, I thought Lewis Hamilton's interview was nice. You know, it's a nice touch being in with his family, seeing him in a relaxed. A kind of relaxed atmosphere um, you know he's a superstar isn't he six times world champion um, to get him to these events and to get his diary um, to get his diary open for him to turn up to these events must be must be a nightmare um, so it was just nice to see him in an environment that was comfortable with great interview obviously yeah didn't slag off Edge, which was good so um, <laughs> But yeah, you know, it was it I just thought it was really it was a classy interview. Um I'm not sure what's going on with the hair, mind you, but that's a different story. <laughs> um it looked like he'd been electrocuted with the frazzles and the curls, but um but yeah, he's just had an outstanding outstanding year. It's very surprising he's not a sir. Mm, it's like it's, it's another debate, isn't it? As so many athletes that have been been given honours. For their outstanding achievements, and I think six times world champion um, is is a fantastic achievement, and I think he deserves it. You know, he's done a lot for this country. His motorsport is was huge anyway, with the kind of history and the level of um, drivers that Britain has produced. But he has taken it to the next level, and you know, I just think he deserves to be Sir Sir Lewis Hamilton. So then, what, what's your focus for Tokyo? Are you still solely thinking relay? Um, I know you're very passionate about being in the relay. Or are you still fancying the individual 400? 2019 was a, a shite year.
1: There's no other ways describing it. it was, uh, I performed poorly. Uh, there's things I did all right in training. But uh, as I said before, I never gave myself a chance to recover. I never gave my body the opportunity to switch off and just... Um, let the set, let the training do its thing. You know, like my body was always just on the red line and obviously I paid for it. So 2020, my aims are pretty simple. I just want to have some fun with it. Um, I want to surprise some people. Quite like to come back out and run some nice races, go back to old school Rooney and come home strong and uh, put a nice race together. Not try to run anybody else's race. Uh, I'd like to win some races it's a simple little thing winning a race big deal doesn't matter what competition it is like I think when you're younger and you're winning a lot of races you take it for granted but when you get older it's kind of like oh this is it's actually fun like I'd like to win races against good runners and stuff and hopefully that'll happen and I'd like to go to the Olympics not for an individual I've got no interest in that even if I ran obviously training is still very early but it seems to be going okay if I got back into the shape where I couldn't make an Olympic standard, I don't think I'd take the individual slot anyway. I think I'd just focus on the relay because there's nothing, nothing motivates me about going out and getting knocked out in the semi-final of the Olympic games in an individual. It's not, it's not, I think it's definitely something that young, if you're a young athlete, it's something you need to do and you need to go through that process, but I've done it more than enough. And, um, I quite like to just focus on winning medals in the relays. We have got two incredible opportunities. We just had a relay camp, and we, we we looked at the stats there that Nick Dakin brought up. And there's no reason why we can't come away from the four by four with three relay medals, and that's uh, that's huge, like for our medal tally. And when you uh, um, you're looking at funding for the next cycle, and ultimately having a medal around your neck if you can, if you're a four-by-four runner, runner and you come away with two medals that's that's amazing so that's my aim hopefully we get enough people on board uh, there needs to be a buy-in from all the athletes i think too many athletes um i understand athletes need to develop and they need to find their own way but i, d- I don't think people understand how amazing it is to stand on the podium obviously dan will tell you he's done it more than anyone like uh at the biggest championships he's won the biggest medals so it's it's an amazing emotional experience it's something that drives you it's something that makes all the the hard heartache and it makes it all worthwhile it's that one percent that you live for and i think sometimes people just get distracted by i want to do my individual and i want to try and make the final yeah like making the final is great but it's not and it's not the same as being on the podium. Like coming 6th or 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th in the final is pretty shit really. It's just like people almost forget like that you were there. They'll, they'll remember the medalists. And I think in the 400 we're looking at it from a pragmatic point of view. Is that the right word? Pragmatic? Like we ain't got any any hopes of winning individual medals. with the guys are running 43 mids, like even on the best day, the greatest day and I think Matt Hudson has the ability to run sub 44 he's going to have to run sub 44 in the final and go 43-7 to win a medal and that's a huge ask and then if you look at the women the girls running 48 seconds like we haven't got anyone, anyone running sub 50 we've barely got someone running 51 sub 51 and that's kind of like really like your medal opportunity is in the, is in the relay and um, yeah obviously there's a like there's opportunity to get maybe the outside shot of if you run 49 low of a medal in the the 400 women, but yeah, it's such a big ask. It's just it's just too much. So the 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 medal opportunities for us are definitely in the relays, and that's something we talked about in the relay camp. There was a, it was brilliant to have athletes there, even athletes who were injured, but they just wanted to be involved. They want to be there and they wanted to show their face and show that they want to be part of the squad and stuff. So I appreciate their time and thanks for them to coming. All the way up to Lowbrow. What's grinding my gears at the moment? Do you ever see that in family? What, what grinds my gears? Um, I put it on Instagram a couple of maybe a week ago. Is it weird when people have a picture of themselves as their background picture? Like, Rob, come on, speak up on it. Do you think it's weird or do you think it's like, a bit, is it a bit self-indulgent? Yeah. Do you know, like i see a lot of athletes have a picture of them where they're obviously looking good in a race before a race after a race i'm like i just find it a bit odd but on my own, Like on mine, like i am in my background picture but it's it's a it's like four tiles it's myself my wife kate uh, my son jack and my daughter Kida. and it's like it's just a family portrait kind of thing i don't know if that's just, I, that feels very different to having a a posy picture of an athlete. So that's one thing that grinds my gears. What else is grinding my gears?
0: Um, uh, I think Dan's going to have some good grind my gears. What grinds our gears? What a good question. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. Um, Background picture of yourselves. I mean, you've got to be in pretty, you've got to be pretty vain slash in damn good shape to, you know, I'm thinking standing by a pool with a cocktail with an eight pack, that's the kind of picture you, you're destined to have. You're not going to stand there uh, in anything else. Are you really abs out? But I mean, I've, I've got a picture of, um, on my phone, uh, of me feeding Matilda with Henry helping me. It's just a little family shot. It just captures the moment, It you know, and like I say, you've got, you've got pictures of your family on your background. And I think that is, you know, it's our personal preference. Um, my, my preference of background leading into the 2014 Commonwealth Games was actually a picture of the gold medal and it was a reminder to me just on um, what I was doing, what my focus was that year and, and every time, you know, you switch your phone on countless times a day, every time I saw it, it gave me that little bit of motivation, that little bit of this is what we're working towards, this is this year's goal because as a para-athlete involved in the Commonwealth Games, is a massive opportunity and we don't... Rarely get that opportunity once every four years. So for me, that was the big one, and I just thought I needed, I needed something just to keep me going. Even though I'm I'm driven enough as it is, I just I did not want to come away with anything but that gold medal. So that was that was my motivation. So I had to have that on my phone. But I guess athletes, if they've had a really good year and it's on along the similar context, you know, maybe them standing on the podium and, you know, I mean, I've thought about it countless amounts of times um, when the Tokyo medals came out and obviously being a little bit injured um, since September, like there are some some times when you doubt yourself, you know, have I peaked or will I even make Tokyo and, and to maybe put put the medals on there um, as a bit of a motivation but you know i kind of my motivation has changed i'm going to do my utmost to go to tokyo and perform and hopefully bring a medal back for my children so that's why the picture of me with my kids is stuck on my on my phone
1: what else is of my gears everyone's got flu at the moment my daughter's been ill she wakes up at three o'clock as if it's the middle of the day <laughs> chatting away she cough 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 and then you go in and she be like daddy Daddy, juice! And he's just chatting away like it's nothing. I'm like, God damn it, go to sleep, child. So that's uh, another thing that grind my gears. But it's not a big deal. Um, that's just part of being a parent, unfortunately. We are going on a jolly holiday to South Africa. Myself and Rob. So Rob Miller is you, uh, British Athletics Assistant Lead s Coach. Is that right? Something like that. Something like that. So basically, number two to MJ uh, in the gym, spends a lot of time with us, myself and Dan. He basically, he lifts me up. <laughs> he literally lifts me up when I'm doing pull-ups. <laughs> that was embarrassing. That wasn't a good day for me. Uh, doing It was like three sets. Uh, so it was pull-up with weight, pull-up with body weight and then pull-up assisted pull-ups. And once I'd done the actual weight one, I was done. My arms were finished and Rob was just literally lifting me up. <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't my proudest moment but uh, yeah kept, we're going to South Africa we're going to Stellenbosch in January for three weeks um, it's one of my favourite places on the planet it's somewhere I've spent a lot of time over the years I've trained very well there I've definitely had the shits there more than once um, but it's worth it it's just a, it's a great experience and very lucky to be going back I was there in January this year with Christian Taylor and James Ellington um Bia um, Bia Te who is uh, Christian's fiance? She's an Austrian, Austrian Sprint Hurdler. And I just, to be honest, it was the best training I had. Like, that was my best part of the year. Uh, unfortunately, it's January and I peaked. But um, <laughs> it was it was brilliant. I got to training with some of the Dutch guys. At the moment, the Borlés are there. So hopefully I'll get to jump in some sessions with them. Then you've got um, Bruno Holtalenta, I think his name is. Spanish boy. Spanish 200, 400-meter boy. He'll be there maybe even Fred Curley say no more I say uh, Fred Curley uh, is looking to go to South Africa in January so maybe he might come and I'll be kitted out in all his say no more clothes hashtag say no more hashtag face 42 we made it da, 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 da.
0: <laughs> but we'll see yeah I'm very jealous about you going to South Africa that is for sure you know Stellenbosch is an amazing place it's got a, you know, a great environment um, the weather is just outstanding, 30, 32 degrees in January. I actually hate you um, for being out in the sun. Um, and the training centre is, is world class. It's an amazing, um, amazing place. And we've been there a fair few times. There's some decent coffee shops um, and some the food is, is outrageous. Um, so, yeah, thanks for rubbing that in, Martin. But I really hope you enjoy yourself and you get some great training in. Thanks lottery national lottery you legends
1: ah oddballs oddballs are a what are they they're a clothing brand that focuses on um uh, creating awareness for testicular cancer trying to get guys to check their balls they um have sent me pants and stuff and, and hats in the past but it's actually something that i really think is um it's something that men don't do enough. Like we have a lot of talk about mental health. Every November we do people do Movember, and it, it becomes very current, but it, it switches off very quickly. And um, they uh, have on the back of their pants packs this like diagram thing of how to check your balls. And I, I, would urge everyone to go onto it. I'm going to put it on the 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 podcast Instagram, which you can check out what's the instagram Rooney sports GRS podcast and um, I'll put it up there but basically step one feel feel one testicle at time at a time using both hands perform best after a warm bath or shower step two inspect by rolling the testicles between thumb and fingers use gentle pressure don't overdo it boys it might burst step three <laughs> acquaint yourself with your soup Spermatic cord and epidemis It's a tube that structures that connect to the back and side of each testicle. And step four: feel for lumps, bumps, and changes in size. It's normal for one testicle to be larger than the other.
0: Yeah, Oddball sent me um, a few pairs of, of pants and briefs, and and they're an amazing charity that um, you know you can go and buy these online at Oddballs website, um, and it's really really strong awareness charity for testicular cancer and you know I think it's something like you say alluded to it's really important that men have the confidence to to go to their doctor Um, some men probably dismiss it oh it's fine it's you know it's it's probably nothing which there's been countless countless cases where that's probably turned out to be something and you know it's just not even worth bearing thinking about that you could you know not even go to the doctor to to really get a check up um and I think it's great on the back of each pack as Martin took you through the step by step process it's it's an amazing it's an amazing thing it tells you what to look for um how it should feel um what the actual procedure is to do to check out for any lumps um and I think yeah you've just gotta gotta keep on i think it's about once a month they say they recommend that you you check yourself um so don't wreck yourself. You know, you should, you should um, go on their website, have a look. Um, you know, it's valuable information for all men. You know, no matter how proud you are, you, you need to take care of yourself. Um, and, and that's, you know, it goes without saying. So have you had any incidences where you might have had to go to see the doctor about your odd balls, Martin Rooney?
1: I don't know if many, probably, probably no one knows, but I actually had surgery on one of my, on my bollocks one of my bikes a long time ago um, well not long ago it was two, 20, 2015 or 2014 um, basically I was using um, uh, normtech boots the things that the, the big long black boots that inflate and deflate and they basically use a recovery thing but anyway when I was in Daytona Beach training with Rain in the group I was in the physio room I was using one and one of my balls got caught in the end of it and I'll tell you what if freaking hurt i was in a bit but i was in a big room and there's lots of people in there so i was trying to style it out but like not over like reacting or whatever i was trying to pull up my thing so i'll get my ball out and get it out of the way and <laughs> basically i kind of ignore it and i get home and my, my, my balls got massive so i get back and dr rob chakervati i'm like hello mate um do you mind checking my balls uh it wasn't a comfortable experience it was something that um i think uh People, are, well, definitely blokes are probably a bit nervous to do, but doctors are doctors. What they do, they see they see it all every day. They see everything. They see a lot worse than your, remains testicles. So um, yeah, Rob checked it and he sent me to a specialist and they told me I had a hyper seal, a hydroseal. And I had to have that, I um, had to have surgery to open it up and clear the seal, basically. So by checking like well, now I'm because I, I've had surgery on my on my balls. It's something I check regularly. Um it's very easy to do and it's something you just get used to doing. And now I have no problem getting my balls out because I know like loads of surgeons was loads <laughs> nurses and surgeons were in the room and uh, everything was out on display, so you just kinda get used to it. But um that's definitely something I'd like you to check. I'll put the post, I'll put a link up on my
0: on the Instagram and you can check it out. Thanks a lot for listening to um that Grease and Rooney Sports Podcast. I've been Dan Greaves and I'll say Martin Rooney because he's not here with me because this is a solo podcast that we're going to merge together. Um, yeah, we really hope you enjoyed this one. Um, a bit of a different one. The next one we're going to do together. So we'll be together. Um, a normal service will resume. So please like, share and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify and all other um, podcast outlets. Um Please, yeah, if you give us a review, that'd be great. And we've just started up a new Instagram account, that Greaves and Rooney Sports Podcast. I think it's hashtag GRSP. And, yeah, if you could give us any questions or any ideas of what you'd like to hear us chat about or who which guests you'd like us to get on, then we'll get back to you and we'll hopefully get things sorted Um, because we love making these and we just yeah we just really want to progress and um and improve so thanks a lot for listening